Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. In this episode, I'm talking with Lee Horton, the founder of Get Knowledge, a consultancy coaching company focused on business improvement. Lee has had a varied career from his initial desires of being a DJ through to running a bouncy castle hire business. Everything changed, however, when the loss of his closest friend made him completely reevaluate what was important to him. Within those final weeks, Lee had the opportunity to ask his friend what he believed were the three most important things in life. Three lessons which Lee took to heart and now uses to shape his entire business. In our interview, Lee shares with us what those three lessons were, why they have relevance to all of us, and how you can incorporate them into your own life. This is a very powerful story on how to turn horrific situation into something meaningful and positive. Before we jump into the interview, do remember to download a copy of my latest book, More Than Just Money, uh, by going to my website, www.businessenjoyment.com, uh, where a pop-up should appear. Uh, this book runs through the business enjoyment model, shows you how you can use that to find a solution to pretty much any problem, and of course explains what I really mean when I say that I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. So do check that out, but for now, sit back, relax, see what lessons you can learn, and most of all, enjoy. Perfect. No, thanks very much, Andrew. So my name is Lee Horton. I work at a company called Get Knowledge, which, which I founded two years ago. Primarily, I guess, or stereotypically, I'm a management consultant. Right. Um, and, and with that, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm one of them. I'm one of, in fact, actually, I, I remember when, um, when, I first got, when I first got into change, um, like about the age of 26, I went into the pub. I was well pleased at myself. I was working um, in a business at the time. I was a, an internal change practitioner. And I walked into the pub, really smiling, um, went, and went up to the table where all my mates were. And uh, my best mate said to me, said, oh, one of them, are you? He said, what do you mean one of them? He said, one of them who, uh, who go into where people work and they've had their jobs for years and you can tell them how to do their job better. If you come in to tell me how to do my job better, I would tell you to, uh, to, to go away or words to that effect. And I never really realised how, uh, how, how important that, less, that lesson actually was from him um, because that, I think, is the... If my best mate at that point in time, wouldn't allow me to help him improve what he did or didn't see that I could help him, then what chance have I got with people that don't know me? Um, but yeah, so um, to answer your actual question, I'm a business improvement coach. Um, so I don't go into fit to tell people how to do their job better. I work with them to improve, the, increase their confidence in enabling them to deliver change successfully. Um, that's pretty much what I do. Brilliant. People say coaching is like uh, finding the answers from within um, and, and stuff like that. And, and typically organisations have the answers within. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what I do. But it's just making them aware of what maybe what they couldn't see before and then helping them to, to see what is actually achievable. Mm. That's, that's who I am and, and what I do, Andrew. <laughs> um just before we dive into to, to where that's come from and all around it, it's a really interesting point you make there about the uh, um, the stereotyping, the boxes we put people in with labels and that kind of thing. Yeah. And 
and having been someone that's been an accountant <laughs> instantly yeah. put in a box and then and then a, a business coach instantly put in a box yeah. um you know it, it it is important that we do remember what's that what is it that we achieve for our clients and not necessarily the the thing we are i remember um similar thing to you i was at um city varieties the um theater um place in leeds where they used yeah, to yeah. do the um uh, you know the really really old one uh, not that matters but it was um al murray pub landlord was yeah, on yeah. and we we're in one of the boxes and sort of thing and he goes to the audience like oh what do you do you know i'm a oh, plumber. oh beautiful british job and all that sort of thing what's your name john oh beautiful british name also anyway picks on me what's your name andrew oh beautiful <laughs> british name what do you do and i said business coach and you can imagine his reaction <laughs> but not only that the entire audience booed me <laughs> <laughs> Now that does wonders for your self-esteem and you just yeah. got to start questioning what you're doing yeah. on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I think I should have said I was an author. Yeah. <laughs> could have got away with that. Um, but, and, and sorry, but, I mean, uh, I, I don't talk that much in my, it's there, it's, I, I don't hide it, but I don't bang on too much about being a coach. It's one of the things that I do. It's a, it's a, it's a mechanism and I do a bit of consulting and I do a bit of this. Yeah. And, the the thing we do is just a, a tool it's yeah. the outcome we get that's the important thing and as you say you know you what you're looking at is, is going to businesses and saying right how can you run better how can you be better performer how can you um take what you've already got and make it better at the end of the day and um completely but, yeah com- completely completely yeah so interesting just just as i just picked on that because you said it and it was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we get yeah. we get attached to labels and it's uh, yes dangerous that's right um so so you you've only been running your business for a couple of years but you've been involved in the change process stuff for way back so what's your what's your journey how have you got to yeah okay so uh <laughs> so i always say that i'm uh I'm the most improved improvement person and I've had the most random journey to get to this, this place that I'm in, I'm in today. So yeah, we love, uh, we love a random journey. Oh, uh, are you sat down, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, this is random. Um, because so yeah, two years with me and Jason have been, uh, have been running Get Knowledge. Um, but 15 years I've been in change and it all started the, uh, I guess the, the day that I walked into that pub and, and told and told my mate that story. Um, but I've always wanted to, to, to do this from the moment that I started doing it. But before that, I always thought that I was gonna be a DJ for, for my for my life until I saw my dad at like 55 years old coming in at two o'clock in the morning, carrying his carrying his records and his CDs and stuff like that, and uh, and thinking to myself. At that age, I don't really want to be doing that. Um, I want to have a bit of a life as well. So, and, so, and did you, thought, so wanting to be a DJ, was that just following on from your dad or were you passionate about the things as well independently? No, so it was purely, so my, my dad is my um, my greatest inspiration <coughs> or um, he was the person that I looked up to when I was, when I was growing up. I, um, when I used to go to school, he was an electrical contractor. You know, it worked in an electrical hall. So I used to go to that shop and walk to school from that shop and make brews for the people that come in. And then, and then he was a DJ as well. And and I remember being 12, 13, 14 years old, going out with him, carrying his stuff and, and so on. I thought, this is amazing. This is amazing. Looking down on that dance floor and seeing people smiling, having fun, jumping up and down, and really enjoying themselves. And I, and I thought, I want a bit of that. I want a bit of 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 
having that feeling of, of just making people really enjoy themselves mm. because that's so that that's that's what I love that's what I loved when I when I saw so I was um I had this I had this like kind of um parallel life not like a superhero by day I was this and then by night but but very similar to that so by day I was a civil servant because I went to I went to um I went to university but um, I was DJing at the time, so I, I couldn't live the university life because I was still living at home. So I said to me, I said, I, I don't want to do this university thing anymore. She went, you can only drop out if you get yourself a job. So I got myself a job as a, a civil servant, as a data um, inputter in, in the civil service. And I was I was doing that for a period of time, but I was DJing at the side, doing parties and things. And I, then I, I, did, I took a career break from the civil service and uh, I went uh, to... In, in improve my communication skills, which basically meant DJing abroad. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but, but that's what I have to say to get granted a career break. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I went DJing abroad for a little bit, came back, did a little bit of um, RSL, so restricted service license radio in a few different towns. Um, and so I did that. And and then I, I had this parallel parallel life where I was a civil servant and I, and I, was, a, I was a DJ. And it got to a point where I was earning just as much money doing both of them. And that was a point where I was looking at my dad and going, actually, in 20, 30 years time, I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing this. And I'd fallen in love with improvements as well at that point. So I was kind of going, I really like this and I really like this for different for different reasons. But both of them, I can I can make people smile. I can make them feel better about themselves. So I chose, rightly or wrongly, the improvement thing. So, so um, just just to stop that, how do you fall yeah. in love with improvements as a civil servant or a DJ? Or yeah, <laughs> well, so because because when you can see the impact, so if, if somebody has been doing something for a particular way um, for a period of time, and then you you help them see that something else is possible, and there's a better way to do things, and there's a light bulb moment, and it kind of just switches, and you see the smile, and people spend a lot of time at work, and and if you're helping them enjoy themselves a little bit more at work by removing some of the blocker or pain, and and you've got you've played a part in that, then that's that's what make, that's what gives me the enjoyment. Ultimately, it's it's just seeing them people smile. It's a completely different feeling to having a, a room jumping up and down. Um, but the way that I've, I've convinced myself I've made the right choice is that that, <laughs> that room is, <laughs> 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 that, that room is for one night. But mm. what I have the opportunity to do now is make people smile at work every day mm. um, because we've removed some of those blockers and, and challenges or frustrations or made them feel more positive in themselves and more confident that they can make that change. And that's life-changing, whereas... Um, I mean, a night out in Bolton town centre could be life changing, depending upon your choices that night. Um, but usually for the wrong reasons, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but it, but it, it's only a moment in time. And and what, before before I'd made this this decision about which which path I was going to go down, I'd I tried my hand at uh, internet marketing. I tried my hand at search engine optimization. I bought a bouncy castle business. Um, so I was. Of like, did. I, I was, Why not? Of course. Yeah, yeah, this is it. I was the entertainer guy, and it's so, like, yeah, I bought eight bouncy castles, two slides, a gladiator duel, bouncy boxing, four pairs of sumo suits, two of which were childs, and I DJed every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, whilst having a day job. Um, so I was like, I was full in on everything, and then I, and I just thought, actually, I like both of them. 
Um, I really want to do, I can only pick one of them really now. Cause, uh, and I think this is the reason for my hair loss um, and my hair line. Um, so I chose, I chose the improvement one. And I, I went down this path of improvement. I studied it. I, I, I fell in love with it. And I, I'm still in love with doing what I do and, and help enabling people. Um, and I got to a point where I, I wanted to um, tailor my CV. In fact, so like lean is the, is the I guess, the business improvement methodology that first, that first gripped me. Mm. And so I was like, right, okay, I'm going to be a lean consultant and then I'm going to be the best lean consultant I can be. So to do that, I need to leave the civil service and I need to try it somewhere else. Um, and, and actually, actually my dad, thinking back to my dad, he said to me, he said, well, son, you've never had a job working in the public, you never had a proper job working in the public service. So to convince me dad again, <laughs> I needed to actually, I, I was actually working a proper job. I needed to, to move from the, um, from the civil service and, and try my hands somewhere else. And I thought, actually, for me CV, that's a good thing to do. So if I can take this learning and apply it in a completely different environment, then I would do. So I, uh, I went to a telecommunications company and I worked with a man in a van. So I'd gone from like an office-based public sector to then a man in a van, telecommunications, completely different, similar principles, did it, was successful, did it for two years, proved what I wanted to prove. Then I moved on again. So then I was like, actually, I want to, rather than working with data and paper and things, I want to see something move. So I want to see whether I can, whether I can change something from moving from the start to the finish because you can't see um, data and you can't see like um, information but I wanted to like pick like even manufacturing or engineering or something something tangible so you could actually or even human like hospitals and, and stuff so you can tangibly make a difference with something that you can see so I actually fell into logistics and worked for a parcel carrier I was a parcel carrier for four years um, loved loved that one um, made some amazing changes in, in that network um, to make do what they do. So they, they were able to offer one of their clients like midnight cutoff. So they could, you could offer uh, for next day delivery up to midnight and stuff. So we, we were the first in the business to do that, um, following the improvements and stuff that we put in. So that, that was that. And I was like, right, okay, now's the time. I'm going to be a consultant, but I didn't have the balls to be a self-employed <laughs> consultant. So... I saw I saw a job advert, and I could be a self I could be a, an employed consultant, so still have a salary, but I can like dip my toe in the water to see whether I like going into different businesses. So I, I did that, and then actually, this was probably the uh, the moment, or whilst whilst I was working there, that had the biggest impact on my life. And I guess I'll just ask you now, Andrew. Actually, do you have a friend that? Um, that if you might not have seen them for a week or you might not have seen them for a month or you might not have seen them for a few months, which is the, is, is the case at the minute. But when you when you see them again, it's like you've never been apart. Absolutely, yeah. And you just pick it up. Yeah, every time I ask that question, everybody has got at least one person where that they resonate with that. And, and mine's a guy called Chris. The guy, actually, when we started talking, the guy in the pub um, that said to me, oh, if you come into where I work, I'll tell you to go away. It's him. So, yeah, so Chris is mine. And... When I was working as a lean consultant in a, um, in a client in, uh, in London, I got a phone call and the phone call was to tell me that he'd taken a turn for the worst. So I needed to, I should come home. I was advised to come home. So he was already ill. He's gone ill, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he, he was ill for, a, for quite, for a period of time. He had, um, he had 
um, melanoma at this time. He had two bouts of uh, lymphoma before that, and, and then he had, he had melanoma at this point in time. Um, so yes, his third bout of cancer, age 39, in taking a turn for the worst. Um, so I got in a on a train, got out, ta- got a taxi at Preston train station. Um, I asked the the, um, the guy, the, the taxi driver, to take me to the hospice where Chris was, and and I um, I went into the hospice, and he he was lying there, and he looked a lot paler than he did just uh, just a couple of days before when I when I saw him at the weekend. Um, his sister was in the room, one of our other mates was in the room, and his ex partner was in the room as well. And we we chatted. And, and I said to him, I said, um, I've, I've been away for a few days, so I'll, sp- I'll, t- I'll take the night, um, the, the night shift. Um, Dab and his lips, and we're just chatting about different different times and, and stuff. What pretty much a one way conversation, but we're still still reminiscing and um, and things. And because he'd, he'd actually asked one of his wishes before before this night was he wanted to put a post out on on Facebook and ask people to um, to to attach um attach photographs of him and them to it to his facebook feed um to remind um to so that his bo- his boys because he had a 14 year old and he's got 14 year old and a 16 year old boy at the time um so that they could see all of the 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 the, the, uh, the friends and stuff and the times that he'd had so I, I sat sat next to his bed and just scrolling through this feed and showing him different pictures and, and stuff as we went anyway 10 to 8 in the morning after lying on this couch my breakfast was due at eight o'clock so I, I sat up I said right Chris I'm just uh, off to the bathroom I'm gonna just freshen up so I went and had a wash and brushed my teeth and um and then I, I left the bathroom and looked over at him and he, his chest expanded and then that was it a normal movement he'd chosen that moment to uh to go so I made a few phone calls uh, to tell people that the, the time the time had come, and I, I went and sat outside, and the sun was beaming down at St. Cass Hospice, and I, I like sat on a bench, and I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, you're a blooming fraud, Lee. You're a fraud. You tell your kids every single morning that they can be whatever they want to be when they grow up, and you're not what you want to be. Um, you're not a. Um, you've not got your own business like you've said you've always wanted your own business um so you're you're a fraud and then it, i got to think about the three lessons that that chris um fortunately um shared with me because when he was told he was um there was nothing else that, that could happen for him no more medication he said to me he said um he said i'm going to come into a little bit of money i'm going to extract my pension i'm going to settle a trust fund for the for his two boys he said but you've always wanted to be a consultant you've always wanted your own business um let me give you a few grand and, and set set yourself up and I was like no no Chris I don't want that um but what I would really love is is three lessons through your eyes now when you're reflecting on on your life and he was like bloody hell Lee, I wish you just asked for the money that's far easier <laughs> um, so anyway so um so I mean and I'm so grateful for this actually because he actually re- he really thought about these three lessons he really thought about these three lessons and over a period of time we had a number of conversations about these and I remember going into the hospital once and he went I've got the first one for you um he said when him and, he, and him and an ex-partner were splitting up he said he tried to be somebody that he thought she wanted him to be um and it didn't make him happy it didn't make her happy and they still ended up splitting up. So he says, no matter what, just always be yourself. Always be yourself. So that was the first one. And a couple of weeks after that, um, I went to the hospital. I was in the hospital. I went and sat there, pulled up a chair next to him. 
And he said, every time you're not working at a client site, you um, you come and see me. He said, one of our other mates um, rings him at 12 o'clock every single day when he's on his on his lunch break. He says, um, he says when we um, were growing up, we could have chosen different paths because he was my best mate since the age of one when I moved onto the street with him. We had lived next door but three. He was best man at my wedding, godfather to my youngest, um, to, to my daughter. And we had different paths that we could have chosen at different times as we became friendly with different different groups and stuff. And he said, if, if I'd have chosen a different group of friends, I'm not sure that they would have been here now and they would have rang me at lunchtime every single day. So he said, um, he said the second lesson is just make good friends because you never know when you're going to need them. Um, so that was the second one. And then... About two weeks before he passed, we had an opportunity to go to the Etihad Stadium to watch the Foo Fighters, um, because before he was terminal, he bought eight tickets to go to the uh, to the Foo Fighters. So him, his two boys, and and his and the mother, his two boys, his ex partner, um, went in one car, and four of us went in another car. And on, on the way back from that that um, that gig, after we broke him out of the hospice, um, on the way back from that gig, his his youngest, after dropping him off at the hospice, said. Said, is it too late for me and my dad to go to Anfield for a tour of the um, a tour of the stadium? Because we all we all support Liverpool. So me, me and Chris support Liverpool. His two boys support Liverpool. And my boy supports Liverpool. So I got a phone call, and this, this was the first this was a Thursday night about midnight. And I was like, well, neck, um, I'll see what I can do. Um, I'll see what I can do. So on a, on the Sunday, actually, so Liverpool were amazing. Um, they'd allowed us a um, a private tour. Um, and as much time as we wanted, all the way through in the shop, we got free drinks. It was an amazing day. We wheeled him round and we, we all had so much fun. And in the car on the way home, there was his two boys sat behind me and my boy um, sat in the back seat as well. And, and Chris was sat, sat next to me in the, in the passenger seat. And as I was driving, he said, how many times did we have an opportunity to do this? How many times could we have gone to Anfield for this tour? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, yeah, loads, loads of times, Chris. He went, well, well, why did we choose the time when I was a burden and, and I was, I had to be wheeled around and I couldn't get up and sit on those seats like, like you all did? Why did we choose now? He went, the third thing is time's limited. So as I was sat on that bench reflecting on Chris's three lessons and my life at that time and always being yourself, making good friends and time being limited, I was thinking, you're a fraud, Lee. Now's the, now's the time. So it was with those three lessons that I was like, right, okay, I'm now going to set my own business up. I'm now going to have my own podcast. I'm now going to start to be these things that I want to be, um, that I, actually my my kids can look at me and be proud that actually the, the words that I'm saying to them, I'm living by as well. So I spent the last two years really trying to understand what those three things mean to me because... Chris had his reasons for those, but those were Chris's reasons for those those three things. Um, and I think now I'm getting to a place where I understand these three things as a on a on a deeper level than than he may have even intended when he when he said them. But I think there's a beauty in these three things that are powering these three things that that are transferable across all sorts of of, of different of, of different different things because. Always being yourself, me for me now, is understanding that voice in your head and and really, I'm not going to say, I mean, mastering your thoughts is a little bit grand, but really just being conscious of that what that voice in, in your head is saying. So that for me is what always being yourself is. 
because um, I'm and, a big. And, so, and, and sorry, so oh, when gosh, you say sorry. understanding the voice, because um, we get different people get different voices. I don't mean that in a schizophrenic way, but we get the the inner critic, we get the inner supporter, and all these sort of things. So when you talk about understanding the voice, is it sort of therefore reacting accordingly and understand and separating yourself from the voice, or being driven by the intuition that's in our heart and our gut? Yeah, so, no, so really, really good question. I think first and foremost, it's it's being consciously aware of that voice and the impact or power of that voice. Because whether whether you like it or not, everything that you do starts with your thoughts um, and and how you are starts starts with your thoughts and and, and stuff. So I think first and foremost, it's just being consciously aware of that voice in your head. There's, there's so many people I've supported over the last two years. So I've got a course that's called um, Creating Confident Change Leaders because, and I, and I fundamentally believe that change starts with you. And when I look back over my 15 years of change and think back into the pub, when Chris said to me that if you blah, 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 I'll tell you to go away. That was probably the most important lesson in change I've had from anybody because if my best friend wouldn't allow me to help him improve, why would anybody else help me, let me? Um, so I think being change needs to start with you and change starts with you in, in the thoughts in your head. Um, and I've helped people over the last two years. There's been like people that have uh, not, not been confident enough to speak like um, in meetings and things. And I've got to say to them, what, what are you saying to yourself before you speak out? Oh, well, I, I can't do it. I'm going to go red. I can feel my heart beating faster. And I was like, well, is it any is it any wonder that because of these things that you're displaying those behaviours externally because you're telling yourself to do that? Um, what happens if you change the dialogue in, inside? Um, and there's another thing actually. There's um, there's there's um, a guy. So I don't know if you're aware of a guy called Paul 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 the sumo guy. He's um, his surname escapes me at the minute, um, but it could be Paul McGee might not be but it could be i think it is and he he had this thing called um or this formula called e plus r equals or events plus reaction equals outcome so if you treat all events as neutral and your reaction is positive or negative it's that that will determine the outcome um so paul mcgee it is paul mcgee paul mcgee perfect no thank you thank you <laughs> yeah so so he's and i i live by that now as well because Chris, Chris, Chris Patton is, is a horrific thing, and, 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 but I believe that, that how we react to these instances determines the outcome. So I want Chris, Chris's Patton to be a positive thing in the end, because those three lessons, I think, can help a lot of people. And I think, um, and that's all within the voice in your head as well, because your reaction is determined by the, the voice in your head. And um, me, me nan, actually, so I'm just going to talk about somebody else that died in the same year. What a joyful <laughs> year to, to 2018 was. So in, in January, me, me nan passed. But um, for the 10 years previous, after me, after my granddad died, I always used to take chips to me nan's house on a Friday night. We had chippy tea every Friday, and it was that was my time with me nan. And every every now and again, one of the other family members decided to turn up and interrupt us but so my mum might have walked in and I started having a go at her for not having a tablet so my cousin might have walked in and said uh, uh, like well I've had a go at her for not doing something or my auntie might have done it and my nan would always look at me we'd be both sat in the living room and she'd look up at like from eating a chips and gravy and she'd go in one ear Lee out the other 
like that, right? So just, <laughs> I mean, just so that, that nobody else can hear. But I think that is an, an amazing lesson in this context because you choose what you're letting in and what yep. you're not. So even though all of these people were having a go at her, she was not going to stop eating her chips and having a laugh with me. So she was letting it go in one ear and out of the other because she was choosing to do that. Yep. So that, that for me is what always being yourself is being conscious of all of those things i think that's it because it's so it, it, it's it's that's it's actually that separation from the thought and and you get to choose which one of those thoughts drive you and, and guide you or lead you or whatever it might be and you're going to get negative and you get positive so why take on the negatives when you can choose to take on the positives yes yeah, completely. At times, it is really difficult because there are some horrendous things that happen. Oh, absolutely. And 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 again, I totally go with you because it's 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 um, you know, the line I use, like the, the, my equivalent of um, Paul McGee's thing, is is there's no such thing as a stressful situation, just a situation that we get stressed about. Yes, um, perfect. And at the back end of last year, um, all the social media posts and everything were like, "Good riddance, 2020. Finally, we get to 2021." 2020 has been an awful year. Hasn't 2020 been terrible? Hasn't 2020 been terrible? Come on a sec. Let's, let's stop a mo. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm not arguing any of that, but let's just spin it around. And in my groups, I started asking people the question. Phil, complete this sentence. 2020 was a great year because... Yeah. And start recording what they were saying. And, and then you start referring. And, and these aren't people in great situations. The people are losing their businesses. People have people die. They've, they've contracted the, the virus themselves. So, no, But you start looking for those positives and the good things that have actually happened. The, 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 the strength we've got from the trauma or whatever it might be, the growth we've done or the, the our ability to show flexibility, whatever it is, there's always something positive you can take out of it. Yes. Yeah, com completely. completely. And that's how I've taken this last this last two years really with just with that first lesson of always being yourself because i always remember about eight years ago i'm going to show you this now actually so i've got a tattoo on my arm and eight years ago 10 years ago i got i got it and because of this i, I was an internal business i have a professional job and stuff what would people think of me with a tattoo when i went into the tattoo artist i said to him i said don't start it at me um at me wrist Start it a couple of inches up because I wear a shirt and I don't want people to be able to see it and I'm worried what people think. Um, so people always say to me, when am I going get, to get that bit filled in? And I'm never going to get that bit filled in because that reminds me of actually, I was not myself at that point in time. Yeah. That's, a, that's a metaphor for how I used to be. I was more worried about what other people thought of me than, than, than me being myself. And, it, mm. and the things on here are nothing to be ashamed of. It's, I've got handprints of my kids um and, and all of that stuff i've got doves of me grandparents and, and things the the things that mean something to me um so but i think that's another way, thing that actually authenticity and just being yourself and just being proud of who you are is so i mean the, the question i want to because i want to go into the other two points and how you apply them but there's a question that came up to me when you were talking and and it and i think it's relevant now so when you think about who you are now and the journey you're on now since you've since you lost Chris and compare that to who you were and the journey you're on in the build-up to that point and everything you were sharing early on about trying this trying this doing this exploring the rest of it how do you compare between the two in terms of who you are yeah so I think that's, a, that's an amazing question that Andrew if I'm honest because I think I was lost before people always say don't they well what What's your reason why? Why are you here? What are you doing? And, and I think before, before that, um, I, I would always give the answer, I want to be an amazing father, or 
Um, I want to keep a roof over the head of my kids. I want to, to grow two amazing, amazing children. That still exists. That still exists. And that's, that's, that's what I was doing. And, and what I was trying to do then was trying to, to be successful at whatever. I didn't know what I wanted to be successful doing. I just, I just love people and I love doing everything I was doing and, and love the improvement stuff. And I just wanted to be the best I could be at that. But since um, losing Chris, my, I am driven now by making his memory outlive me. He was taken at 39 years old and he passed on these three lessons that I think um, are so powerful and transferable across all different platforms that if, if, if I can share those three lessons that, that he believed when he was reflecting, so there's got to be something in this, when you remove everything all of the other distractions of everything else in your life and you really think about what are the three most important things in your life and I've read a few books actually um, and, a, and a few different articles of of like people who try to summarize people's regrets um, in, the, in the latter years and there's a lot of commonality in these things and my biggest regret in life currently is having to lose Chris to have a kick up my ass um, <laughs> because I wasn't being true to myself. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And, and that, that's what I think the difference is. Now I've got this like burning desire now to make a difference, to share those lessons in what in whatever. And don't get me wrong, I'm still a little bit all over the place. If you speak to my business partner, I'm his, I'm his worst nightmare because I'm, oh, we could have a product over here. Or we could do this. I'm still, I'm still that same person. Um, but what I've got now is I've got this passion inside me to, to do everything I'm doing, sharing the sharing these three things. So we've got products now that are dripping in these three lessons. So the Creating Confident Change Leaders course that I mentioned before, that the foundation of that course is is built on these because always being yourself, making good friends, and time being limited is the secret of change because it's about people. It's about if you need to build relationships with people, you've got to be yourself. When you walk into a bar or you're meeting somebody for the very first time. Do you say that you're a multimillionaire, you fly a helicopter if you want to have a long, in, a, 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 a long relationship with these people? Um, probably not. You probably only say that if, if you don't want to know them for very much longer than a night, perhaps, or <laughs> <laughs> whatever context. So there was, um, I, I saw a very, there's a post that's done its rounds on social media and things like that. And it's the, uh, the difference between, uh, what is it, the difference between communication and understanding i think or something like that or whatever but um or, or is it, it, it different between the message and the communication sort of thing and they, do, they they give that example of someone coming into the bar and saying all that kind of thing and so so the message that he's delivering is that he's successful yeah and what he's communicating is that he's a twat yes <laughs> <laughs> dead right dead right, dead right. So, and that's not the way to make so then think about the, moving on to the second lesson so if you're not always yourself and then how can you make good friends Mm. Um, because the, the whole basis, if you think back to the last time you, you made it a really good friend, it was with you being yourself and, and identifying those, those commonalities, the, the, the things that you, you, you share, the things that you've got in common. Um, and that's how we make all good relationships. So Chris said it, making good friends because you never know when you're going to need them. I've taken that now. And a friend can be clients, customers. Um, anybody that I come across is an opportunity to make a better, stronger relationship by just be, me being me, whoever, whoever, to, to whoever, because you never know when you're going to need them as well. So that there's not, you don't need to, 
to not be you when you meet people um, because you never know when you might need that person. So we've got, so in, in the business, we've got uh, our four values are, this felt like the word fact, F-A-C-T. So fun, authentic, caring, and trusting. Um, and, and for anybody that doesn't speak in a Northwest accent, that third one's caring. That third <laughs> one was caring. I didn't realize I had an accent. Caring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Oh, I couldn't let that one go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, thank you. Yeah. So, so, so those are the, those are the things. So, so like, I, I don't wear a, a shirt and tie. I was, in fact, actually, thinking back now, it's just popped into my head when I was like in in uh, in the public sector and we were being supported by these consultants. One of the consultants said to me, he said, "If you want to be a consultant, Lee, you better smart in your act. You are uh, you're not going to be able to be a consultant wearing." Um, wearing them shoes and wearing them jeans and them jumpers, you need to you need to be a lot smarter. And I think to myself, why, why? Um, so I I I think that I'm a bit marmite. So some people will think I'm not going to trust him to help my business get better. But other people think actually, it's just it's a it's human. It's all about people. Everything's all about people. I remember my uh, KPMG days, and the the tale was told about a. Um a pitch that a team went in on a consulting type sort of thing and they were up against all the big boys the other big boys sort of thing Arthur Anderson and all these sort of stuff and um and KPMG won the pitch and the, and the message that came out of it was, was exactly what you've just said everybody else went in suited and booted and professional presentations and the whiz, whiz bam graphics on the powerpoint and absolutely looking these guys went in more relaxed probably maybe not t-shirts and jeans, but certainly tie off and jacket off. <laughs> yeah. This is a while ago yeah. now, so you know, it's baby steps, but uh, didn't just push it out. And they just, they just, they just, they, they talked through stuff. They spoke to the people and, and had a conversation with them and they weren't professional. They weren't um, boardroomy. They were just natural and human. And they said, you got the gig because we could speak to you. Yeah, completely, yeah. <laughs> completely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, and that's that's our ethos here, is because it's just all about people. Mm. And I just want to I just want to make good friends, whether they're a client, whether they're a partner, whether whatever, um, because it's just all about all about relationships. And and I think the fundamental thing, one of the our, our, one of our main products is is trying to build high trust environments in organisations because that's what's lacking in a lot of organisations. Um, because people don't want to speak up if they've got an issue or a challenge because of the, the fear. Um, so we try to create that system um, with, with the team to enable them to do that. Um, and I think, so trust is such a fundamental part. Making good friends is so important and it all just comes down to people. So key question for you on that front around the making good friends, because one of the things that can happen is when we do open up and authentic, naturally we attract the right kind of people. And, and so we start forming those good relationships, which is, which is fantastic. But sometimes we, people come across a path that probably aren't the right uh, sort of friend. Um, and I'm talking here personally and in the, in the business end. How do you, um, how should we say, filter, <laughs> check, uh, and even expel people yeah. that don't need to be in, in, in the right mix? And of course, that works on, again, on a personal business level. Yeah, no, I, think, I think it's really important. Actually. So it could be could be like me, Nan, in one ear, out the other. It's a it's a completely toxic right at the start. It's within your gift to to just just let them pass through. Um, but in some instances, so like people that people that come on the courses that we do or in the businesses that, that we work in, um, not everybody wants you to be there. Not everybody is is a fan or supportive of what it is that you're trying to do. So they might try to 
to to derail things. They might not want to make good friends with you. And I think it's just about input recognizing that everybody is different. And if you can get everybody to see, so one of the sessions that, I, in fact, when I was in the public sector, actually, it was the first time that, that I dreamt of this session where I would uh, I printed off a certificate and it was dated five years from now. And I had the senior management team with me and I went in and I said, right, OK, congratulations. I just want to say you've achieved your goals. You've got to where you want to get to. You are now at level five of this continuous improvement framework. Um, so can the uh, the senior director come and accept this certificate? And everybody's going, what on earth is going on here? So I was like, just bear with me, just keep going with me. So she, so she stood up and I said, can anybody take a photograph of us? So we had a photograph and I was shaking her hand and handing her this certificate. I said, brilliant, thank you very much. I said, how does it feel to be awarded this certificate? And she was like, oh, and then she got into character and she's like, oh, it feels amazing. Um, all of the hard work. I said, is there anything that you want to say to your team? On, on receipt of this award. And she said, yeah, I just want to thank you for all your hard work. I said, oh, oh brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. And I said, have a sit down. We've got another activity that we need to do. And I said, right, what I'd like us all to do now is just, is just um, is have, a, have a tour of the, of the site, tour of the office. And what, what do we see? So we did it, because um, obviously it was five years, so we just imagined. And I said, right, what does it, what, do we, what does it look like outside of this door? What are the things that we see happening? What are the conversations? What do we hear? What does it feel like? And we, we noted all of these things down. It was an amazing place to be because um, everybody felt positive, engaged, happy, working together, collaborative, and all of these things. Um, and then they, could, they, they described all of the different tools and things as they all stood around a, a whiteboard been engaged in their hands and, and all of this stuff. So this is what they described. I was like, okay, brilliant. Um, and how does it feel? We had all of these feelings. And I said, brilliant, okay. And I said, I know this might be quite difficult now, but let's look back over the last five years. What are the things that we've had to do to put in place to, to get us here? So then they started going, oh yeah, we needed to do this and we needed to do this and we needed to do this and we needed to do this. So, and in that room, there was people that, that weren't necessarily fully bought in to where where we wanted to get to and what we wanted to do. But when you when when you've created that 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 thing in the mind that is is um, so vivid and actually you can't argue against that. Would you want everybody to be smiling? Would you want everybody to feel empowered? Would you would you want everybody to be able to solve problems together? That's that's a lot more difficult to um, to argue with. Um, so I think I think it depends on the context, um, but I think if you try to get everybody together um, and and have that vision and maybe buy into it that way, I think that's one way. So it's either like me nan in one ear out the other, or it's like kind of getting everybody together to be collectively agree where they want to get to. Um, so yeah, that's that's two examples I would give. Yeah, that. no, that's good. I, 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 I love I love that. Just let them pass through. I think that was a nice sort of sentiment of. You don't need to react. You just, as you said earlier on, everybody's different, and yeah. you, you can be with me or not be with me. It's fine, you know. And just let them pass through and do what they need to do. I thought that was great. In fact, um, in fact, Andrew, actually, another story about Chris that was just sprung into my mind about letting them pass through what he just said there. So it was the the champion, the Gareth Bale Champions League final. So all Liverpool supporters. Chris was um, ill at the time, but he was well enough to drive, and he brought his two boys went to my house for the, the Gareth Bale Liverpool Real Madrid Champions League final, and they were driving to the house. And um, there's a roundabout at the bottom of my road and a car uh, pulled, uh, like, pulled out in front of him and, and, and sped off. 
And uh, Chris got to my house and he went, you're never going to guess what's happened. I said, what do you mean? He said, a, a car pulled out in front of me on the way here. I said, yeah. He said, I said, what did you do? He went, I did nothing. I just carried on driving. I was like, you're joking, shut up. Because he was always one of those people that would wind his window down, flick the V's out of it, <laughs> or he would follow them to wherever they were going and park up behind them. Yeah, uh, yeah so he was one of those people. But I think I think that's another thing. So he's, mm. he's just, just let it happen because it doesn't really matter. And I think that it, does it matter or does it not matter um, is situational. At that point in time, it didn't matter to Chris because he was just bothered about getting to the destination of my house to watch the to watch Liverpool hopefully beat Real Madrid, which didn't actually happen. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that, that's that's just using it another little yeah. Chris story actually. Yeah, no, this, this ability to let go um, and you know, this attachment to stuff is, is 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 one of those things that allows us to relax, be happier, be freer, rather than taking on the baggage of oh that guy cut me up oh, and then you're carrying that around for the rest of the day and it destroys everything else that goes on around it and uh yeah beautiful yes. uh, beautiful and and you know being able to shift that context you know because of where he was and what was going on he was able to sort of uh say in the scheme of things that don't matter we actually have that power all the time it's just we may yes. have forgotten some of those things in the past that are important. And that's why it's always useful to keep in mind what's important because the trivial stuff does become trivial and uh you know, less yeah. shift. And that kind of that kind of leads on that does perfectly lead on to the third one about time being limited. Uh so it's, I like what you've done there, Andrew. Very, very well done. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we're out of time now. So <laughs> 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 so because, because one of my biggest frustrations um but i get it because i know a lot of people that do this is that if people want to get fit or healthy or they want to do something they'll go oh, yeah i'll do it on monday mm. or i'll do it at the beginning of the month or i'll wait till new year um to start if you really if it actually mattered to you if mm. it really mattered to you why not just start now what is it that is more important than starting now, um, which comes back to the, the time is limited, forming habits. So in, in fact, so I, I know I've taken this into forming and creating habits and, and, and stuff, but ultimately it comes down to your reason for doing it. Um, and, and I think that's a, it's a pleasure pain type of thing. Is the pain of doing what you're currently doing more or less than the pain of of getting to wherever you want to get to mm. and whichever pain is the is the lesser is what you will probably do so you're probably happier eating a load of biscuits than you are um because the pain is less than, than having to to get on the exercise bike whatever whatever the, the instance so it's pleasure pain is what i think it is it's all about and it's like come back to um to what happened two years ago i when I think about it, and I really critically ask myself, is it the pleasure of um, of sharing these with people and helping them? That's a little bit of it. But there's also the pain of not wanting to lose Chris for a second time, mm -hmm. which I think keeps driving me on as well. So at this minute, and somebody beautifully referred to him as a, as a sleeping partner in, in my business. Um, so yeah, my genesis business, because... I'm driven by, and I like to share these, these lessons so, in so many ways. And I think the minute I stop doing that, yeah, he's not going to be. I mean, I wear, in fact, I wear a ring that he gave me before he, before he passed. It's so the three lessons engraved. I'm tattooed on my left arm, 
with him and the three lessons are on the outside of my arm and I've got a little ginger kid walking up some steps at 10 to 8 in the morning, the, the time that he chose to leave us right. um, on, on the inside of my arm as well. So he's always going to be with me, but mm. it's just the fear of losing him for a second time is actually another motivation. I'm using it as a motivation to continue spreading the message, to continue having amazing conversations mm. that you've allowed me to have today with you, Andrew. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's what the third one is, time limit, so just just do it. Yeah, it's good, because it's the, as you as you say, the, the, the three points are quite simple in themselves, and you look at it and go, oh yeah, but I, I like what you talk about, that over the last two years, you've got to understand what that means to yourself, and actually the richness and complexity of each one is a lot deeper than just that headline, and the fact that time's limited starts driving into purpose and meaning and all these sort of things. It's such richer than just yeah yeah crack on <laughs> yeah. yeah completely and it's in, in fact in the last two weeks I um when it when it snowed at the house I um I decided to just Google the word snow and I went into like a Google kind of thing and 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 I don't know if you know but Eskimos have a lot more words for the word snow than we've got and I think this is what I've now got with Chris's three lessons so I think Eskimos have got something like fifty two words. For this for the word that we use as snow because they know the particular type of snow to use for bricks in their igloos or whatever um because they've got a deeper level of understanding of snow because they see it every single day um i'm living and trying to trying to every single day live and breathe these three things so i'm getting a deeper and deeper understanding of these three things rather than just be always be yourself time's limited and um and, and make good friends so for me it's much deeper than mm. those so it's like i'm like an eskimo with these three things now or i'm, I'm trying to be more eskimo like with these <laughs> if, if that makes any be sense more eskimo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the interesting thing is they don't actually have a word for snow wow yeah because because it's such a, a specific thing there's no one overarching word that they use for the whole thing that we do yeah they break it down to the into the different things so <laughs> yes yeah so yeah be more eskimo, be more it, eskimo. Yeah. That's, that's what i'm trying to be with these with these things yeah. i can see what the next tattoo is now <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, have you seen my back <laughs> i'm gonna run with a no on that one I'm yeah <laughs> But, uh, you know, unless you're going to do a strip tease on camera, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. And um, I, well, I, I, there was something that sprung to mind, but I'll, I'll ask you this question in a different way. So earlier on, you said that I have to go back and get the exact wording, but um, one of your biggest regrets was that you it took um, it, basically it took you so long to, to realize it took Chris's death for you to understand uh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 what was really important to you, and so there's, there's an element of element. Of, you look back at when I ask you who you were before meeting Chris, you was lost, and there's a arguably a negative attachment to that. So just spin that round and just say, um, you're so grateful for leaving it that long because. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. Um, I am so I'm so grateful for leaving that long because I've now got all of the additional experience to allow me the opportunity to become more Eskimo with Chris's lessons. Mm. I've got the war stories, so I'm I, I am extremely grateful to for Chris and his three lessons, and um, and I'm I am extremely grateful for the experiences that I've been allowed in this random, varied, I call career, but um, journey. That, that I've had 
that allows me to um, to go deeper on these three things because these three things are the secrets of change and delivering change. So um, always being yourself. If you want people, if you want people to change, uh, if you want people to do something differently, it starts with you, and it starts with you understanding your thoughts and maybe you changing your approach. And then it starts with so it's my favorite quote is a Socrates quote. I cannot teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. And, and you as a change leader, a business leader, you're just trying to make people think differently. So you need to do some things differently. And that's always been yourself. Making good friends. Um, it's all about building those relationships and the trust and credibility that actually, that they'll hold your hand and begin that journey with you. And then time being limited is, is about just doing little steps, starting now and just incremental things. It's not about waiting for the big silver bullet. So it's, it's a secret for change. It's a secret for sales as well, because people buy from people. So and people buy if they like you and you've got to build trust with them. And are you credible and reliable? And can you do it? And are you doing it for, for them as opposed to doing it for your, yourself and your own gain? And then and, and do you deliver now and, and all of that? stuff. So it's a secret for sales. It's a secret for social. It's a secret for everything. I honestly believe. And, and did you say we've got four hours to talk about this? <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I honestly believe that these three things, yes, they are so simple to say out loud. They're so simple to hear, but they're not easy to do. Mm. They're not easy to do. So, yeah, my biggest regret is losing Chris. Um, but I am so grateful, exactly like you said. And I think, thank you for asking me that question. Thank you for asking me to finish that, 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 that sentence. Because, yes, I am. My biggest regret, I do say, is, is losing Chris and, and having to lose Chris to... Um, to, to really get the kick up the ass. And I want to share these lessons to help people not have to lose somebody before before the game. But I'm so grateful of the opportunity um, to, to be able to share the, these messages. Mm. And I think for me, because when you were talking about your, your journey, it was actually very positive and excited and all the different things you were doing and what you were learning and all the rest of it. And it, but, but you felt lost because you didn't have that sense of purpose at that time. And and for me, um, you know, because that purpose is, is one of those key driving things of things from which business enjoyment spins off of and, and all the rest of it. Um, but I think you also alluded to it before. There's so much pressure to find your why and you find your purpose and this kind of thing. And we need to remove that. We need to say, OK, let's just be comfortable that it's out there. And now let's have fun exploring all the different things and pick something up and say, that's not right. Put that down and pick that Oh, more yeah. of that. And, and your whole story was about that, about picking something up, taking what you like to move it onto something else. You got closer and closer and closer and closer. And then, okay, it was an external and tragic situations that created it, but it, it all happened at the right time to pull together all those things. And now you're on another journey to, <laughs> yeah. to having had to shed the light to explore even deeper and, go further into these things and what they mean for you and for the people you work with. So it's all about that journey. It's all about enjoying each step along the way and knowing and trusting that it'll be out there and, and, and getting excited about uncovering what's next. Yes. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Beautiful put, beautiful put, Andrew. Couldn't agree more. Agree. And I think everybody goes through, everybody's got their own journey. Then um, everybody does that has got their own experiences. And it's about being conscious of everything that they've learned and at each step um, as well. So yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I couldn't have articulated, but I'm trying to articulate it better. Than <laughs> and, I, oh, and I'm going to have to concede defeat. <laughs> no, no, but it came from what you shared over the last, 
you know, 45 yeah. minutes an hour. It's, that, 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 that came out from what you've, you've said. So um, you, you already have articulated it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reflecting back what you just told me. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well done. so um, you've, you've kind of uh, covered it already, but it's, uh, it's, it'll give you that chance to, to, to wrap things up uh, in a way that fits for you. Um, and uh, as ever, it's the question that we ask everybody at the end of the interview. So, uh, so Lee, what makes your bits tingle? <laughs> I love I love this question. I absolutely love it because when I think to um, back to DJing and getting playing a song, hearing the screams of joy from people, seeing them dash to the dance floor, jumping up and down, enjoying themselves—that is what makes me bits tingle. And if then if I think back to school and scoring a goal on the playground or making a tackle or, or something like that, that would, that would give me a very similar feeling. And But now I've got this opportunity to, like I said before, try to, to, to see people with those penny drop moments, to see people realise that actually what they're doing, it can be better. That makes me bits tingle as well. Um, because that's, it's just, it's the same, it's the same feeling of joy that I get from, from, from getting people to see that things can be better. Um, and having the vehicle and, and having Chris's inspirational stories and lessons to use that is the ultimate for me mm. to have, to have my best mate help me on this journey is the ultimate, um, bit tingle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrestle the English language as much yeah. as we need to get the point across. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it, it's me feeling those those ways, doing those things, but he's having him with me to do it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Fabulous. That's the thing. Brilliant. Thank you, Lee. And uh, and if anybody wants to find out more about what you're up to, what you're doing, how, how can they uh, track you down? Find yeah. You? So thank you, Andrew. So yeah, um, I'm all over LinkedIn. Um, it's Lee Horton on LinkedIn. The business website is uh, getknowledge.co.uk. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn or there. Those are the those are the two easiest places. And uh, but yeah, honestly, thank you for this opportunity to to chat a little bit more um, about these three things, Andrew. It's uh, much appreciated. No, it's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I totally buy into to what you've got. But it's just lovely to hear the the energy and the passion that comes through when you speak about it. It's it's you know. You know, your you number one thing about always being yourself, it's totally clear about how how you believe it, how it's writ through you and how you connect to everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, no one can ask for any more than that. Perfect. No, thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Lee. These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it on the social media platforms. And so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. <laughs>